Robots Radio presents Rated M for Mature. Burn, baby, burn. Disco and fun about me. Welcome back, everybody, to the DL Weekly Gaming News. <laughs> My name is Jameson. I hope I was further enough away from the microphone that none of that was heard. I'm sorry. I was recording far before that. <sighs> I don't... I have lost all trust for you. The moment you started fidgeting for something to light, I, I knew something was coming and I hit the record. Can't pass it on any of that. Oh boy, here she goes again. Well, you know what? You want that ASMR? That, that actually shit? sounded pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. I bet that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. I know this is Wednesday. We're releasing the episode. There's just there was a lot going on this weekend. Brenna had some company, uh, so she never slept a wink all weekend and has had really terrible like tech issues since upgrading her computer on Friday. We had no issues Friday, but just since then it's been something between her internet and her computer's been a hot mess. And then I obviously had a funeral over the weekend, so I was in no shape to uh record the other day. So Thank you for uh, sticking with us. Uh, as always, you can join us on Discord. If you have not already, we highly recommend it because you can chat with us on there and other listeners. Just uh, drop us a DM on the social medias. We drop cool stuff on there, like a sneak peek at our work in progress artwork that we're uh, getting done, redesigning our image. It's looking real good. So if you uh, if you are a Patreon member, you're gonna have some sweet merch coming your way in February once this is done. Last week on gaming, the big thing at the start of this year is uh, Delaygate. Everybody seems to be delaying their games. Which honestly, uh, I'm kind of okay with. You know. There needs to be another gate for what the hell happened last year. There was a lot of games that came out that weren't done. They weren't successful. They got bashed. Um, That's been happening for years, though. I mean, it it got ramped up, and it felt like there was nothing this year that was even playable. And, I mean, you know, the award games came around, and, you know, I didn't really like any of the choices, to be honest, for game of the year. So, I... You know, you had to pick one, so you pick the best out of all of them. But, you know, games haven't been to the caliber that they used to be. And I'm okay with delaying, um, getting the hype up as long as, you know, they deliver a functioning game that isn't just a repaste of whatever has been done before. It definitely does seem like the true passion of making and selling games has been lost, that everyone is now more focused on. Uh, the amount of games they sell, the dollars they get from the games rather than delivering us a quality game. And then they rush the game and they deliver it too early when it's not ready or they skimp on some things and it breaks upon release 
like Anthem is the best possible example. You know, it's, you know, where is that game now? <laughs> Practically non-existent. Yeah. We have just fallen away from, uh, you know, smaller indie sort of builders and more into big conglomerates that just want, you know, a game every year we, to make money. Honestly, we have more indie developers than ever before now. But the problem is the indie developers are starting to adopt the same kind of strategies as the bigger developers or the indie developers are off opting for the early release strategy where they get like a basic level of game, release it early, and then you can kind of plot along with the game for, you know, a number of years before it gets to full build. How long is Star Citizen? Star Citizen's a prime example. Uh, and technically they are also an indie developer, but uh, a very, very wealthy, large indie developer. But uh, indie developer nonetheless. So, you know, that kind of early access release is just not acceptable either. I'm okay with early access, but, you know, for me, a year max. If you put that game on early access, I want to play it within a year. Isn't uh, Satisfactory still technically early access too? Correct. So there's plenty of games that I don't understand how they're not just done yet. Like, what else are they going to do to some of these games? Like, I know for, for at least for Satisfactory, it feels like a done game. I mean, honestly, there's some glitching, but... And honestly, to me, the early access part, if anything else, slows development. Because then they're focused on adding content to the early access rather than completing the game. So they're spending more time playtesting smaller bits of content to make sure it will work with the early access rather than focusing on the big picture and getting to the end. So uh, the current death toll for uh, Delaygate is as follows. The Avengers video game and Iron Man VR are delayed until September 2020. Last of Us 2 was pushed back from February to April 2020 this year. Uh, and that happened like two weeks after they announced their release date which uh that's really fucking bad doom eternal was pushed back last year to march 2020 of this year vampire the masquerade 2 was changed from a early release it was pushed back from last year supposed to come out last year pushed to this year early this year february ish and now it's just listed as sometime 2020 Final Fantasy VII got pushed back two months to uh, April 10th, 2020. Ghost of Tsushima was supposed to be February 2019. Uh, and then it got changed to 2020. Now we have a tentative summer 2020. Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, the upcoming flagship titles for Ubisoft, have all been changed to fiscal year 2021. They were all, uh, Skull and Bones has been delayed so many times. And it, they've all just been delayed again a whole year. Cyberpunk got pushed from April to September 17th, 2020. Uh, and they, at least they say that their game is currently playable and a ready state to ship. But they just want some more polish on it. And lastly, earlier this week on Monday, Dying Light 2 bit the dust, uh, and they didn't even bother to speculate on a release date. 
they said we will update you with future with information in the future they're like shit man i don't know whenever it comes out something is fucked up there at dying light too that's all i know so who will be next my money's on resident evil 3 i do not think it's gonna meet its march uh march release date i think it's march You know, I don't know. I, that was a big pause because they did they did a really good job with, um, you know, the remake and everything. So I don't know. Who knows? That, that one's kind of a toss up. But yeah, I guess if I was going to pick anything, that would probably be the closest to saying, yeah, they're probably going to push it back. Yeah. But then, OK, we should just why is everyone giving a date as soon as they like, hey, I thought of an idea last night in the middle of my sleep. The release date's going to be on this. Like, come on, just wait a while. You can say a game is in the works. You don't have to give a release date. One thing we've definitely learned from podcasting and just in general, when it comes to doing your job or anything, set expectations low because then it's very easy to exceed those expectations. So when someone gives you an assignment, you know, if you know the assignment's going to take you eight hours, don't tell them you're going to have it done by the end of the day because shit happens. And then they'll be upset if you have to delay. So you say, hey, can I get this to you tomorrow, later in the week? And then if you deliver it by the end of the day, they're like, oh, you're awesome. Same thing with games. Don't give us a release date until you know for sure you can meet that date. You know, barring any crazy problems like some weird crash in a code or some, you know, something like that, something there's a catastrophe, you know, your lead designer decided to leave for some reason. You know, obviously that means that you need to push something back. But for the most part, just wait, guys. Jeez. Nintendo Direct was also last week or this week. Last week. And uh, wasn't too much there. They announced the new Smash Bros character, which is from Fire Emblem's Three Houses. Uh, His name is Blythe. People are not too happy about that. They wanted... uh, Preferably Waluigi, obviously, but something more than just another Fire Emblem's character because there's already like five of them in the game. Should have been Guluigi. <sighs> How cool. That would be good. How would it be? And it would be cool if he left like little gloops in like his footsteps. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Right? Or maybe he's like a special unlocked version of Luigi if you play Luigi <gasps> a ton that you get like an alternate fight style Luigi and it's Goo Luigi. That would be super cool. That would be cool. Uh, the Bioshock collection has also now been rated for Nintendo Switch. So if you were a fan of Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite, it is probably headed your way on Switch later this year. And unfortunately, uh, E3 is dead. As Sony has announced, once again, they will not be returning to E3 and they will continue to focus on their own um show and their own hardware and games really kind of disappointed about that but i get it i get it i mean it's i don't i don't i liked the i mean i don't know i guess i liked the atmosphere i liked being around people that also appreciated gaming it was an event like everyone got together you know, companies obviously try and battle to be the best, but it was like a place for everyone to come together and show off and, and have fun. Like, we don't really have that as gamers. You know, that was the one thing. E3 was it, you know, 
I mean, there's BlizzCon and stuff like that, but you know, this is more comic book based. And even at uh, like San Diego's Comic Con and stuff like that, there's some video game stuff sprinkled in there. But but like Walking Dead was there, you know, an AMC show, like a live show. So it's like, you know, it's there's nothing that's specifically for video games. And E3 was that one thing, and now it's kind of gone. So. E3 was the largest anyway. I mean, there's yeah. PAX and there's a bunch of other little ones. PAX and games. Who goes to PAX? Quite a few people, but it's. Eh. It's more throughout the year. It's not as big. Like the two largest conferences would be Gamescom and E3. Gamescom's hosted in Europe and then E3 here. But I think what I think what we're seeing is the industry reacting to E3 changing how they run it. That I think over the years, E3 has slowly started to shift from more of a media event to a like public event. And so I think companies would rather, you know, keep the focus on them and their product and sharing it with people in the media rather than, you know, with the public. That's the only thing I can think of. But at the same time, it sucks when you go to E3 and everyone's announcing games that are like just beginning development and are, you know, two plus years you know out and they have literally nothing to show us except a one minute artsy trailer like go fuck yourselves no one wants to see that you know oh like what is that one it's like a cartoon style like a viking odin type game where there's animals and there's caves i have no idea what the play style was but it was really cool and we had no idea what it was well and there was two games last year that were announced ghostwire tokyo you know, we saw a video of rain and empty Tokyo, and then this chick kind of just shows up. And then there was some other game that looked like it was two people just killing each other over and over and over before the time ran out. Like, what are these? Sure, the trailer has grabbed my attention and I'm interested. But, you know, another great example is Crossfire X. We saw the trailer at E3 for Crossfire X. I was like, this looks dope. We got an actual gameplay trailer. And I was like, hell fucking no. You know, I don't need this shitty CSGO Call of Duty, you know, bastard child. Like, get out of here. I think it was gross. Yeah. So, you know, I want I want to be able to try games. I want to see games that are coming out within before next E3. That's what E3 used to be. Well, do you think that this is just a little query for you? Uh, you know how we were saying, you know, yearly companies keep trying to push things out do you think e3 was a big driver of that because you need to present something at e3 and it's yearly and you better have something because it's a big event maybe maybe but i mean you know usually everybody's you know if you're a big you know it's e3 is mostly about the big studios so the big studios took like five to seven years to create you know every other game and it's like yeah we're still creating that same game yeah, but or we Beth- have another game in the works, so we're, you know what I mean? But Bethesda, you know, like the big developers, you know, they will set up their development teams and they will stagger their projects. So, you know, like one year you have Fallout coming out, then you got Skyrim, and then you got, you know, Dishonored. Like they, they had it staggered so that every year they had something. Uh, not that they need to have something every year, but obviously one of the biggest culprits of the you know, here's a game trailer, see you later, is uh, CD Projekt Red. You know, 2013, they dropped a, like, 30-second cyberpunk teaser on us. 
And then they went silent for like six years before they came back to E3 with a gameplay trailer. And then even then, that was 2018. Game was still two years away from completion. So, you know, rough, rough. Uh, this next one makes me so happy. So happy. Uh, Google Stadia sucks. And the no. numbers are reflecting that finally. No. So according to data gathered from uh, various providers. So Google Stadia, you have to have, you have to download that stupid app to use anything. So that is what they are running this all off of because you can't use Google Stadia unless you download the app because the app controls everything. So since Google Stadia launched in November, its downloads have dropped by half. However, it has only like peaked. It has only achieved like a maximum of like half a million downloads since November, which is like nothing. So uh, the U.S. boasts the highest number of downloads at about 250,000. Uh, followed that by that is Europe. You know, so Google Stadia sucks. I mean, it's fairly obvious when you like took a already niche market and you made it nicher by restricting it to like one cell phone. And then you shipped a incomplete product that also was a delayed ship. You know, you didn't even get it on day one and you have a shitty fucking lineup of games like, you know what, you know, who is going to. Go fuck yourself. Clearly half a million people, which is already way too much. God. That had no sense. How? Please tell me what, what, what in that package made you say, yes, I will spend close to $200 just to get this set up. Not even so, to buy any games, just to have this setup going. It's like, what the, like, what were you doing? Google has made an estimated $80 million on those 500,000 users, provided that they all bought like the paid version the founder yeah and they yeah, are yeah. using the free one which came out like a month later yeah you can do yeah you can do this for free if you really want to you just need the the ultra and you need to get your own controller uh right and if it's not if it's not the google controller you need to plug it into whatever you use yes because if you want to use it on your phone then you have to somehow figure out how to plug it into your phone what a fucking shit product. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for Google to, to discontinue that. It was driving me nuts seeing the ads for Google Stadia everywhere. Like they were really trying hard to push it and everyone's just like, nope, <laughs> go away. Uh, in other news, the latest Assassin's Creed title has been leaked. So we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, two years ago, 2018 fall. Uh, the year before that, we got Assassin's Creed Origin. So Odyssey was like a slight variation on Origin, just a different setting, but it was pretty much all still the same mechanic. So it felt more like an expansion. And people really received Origins really well. 
They were very happy about the new direction of the game and the quality of the game because uh, the series had been on the decline for several years. And they seemed to be taking more of a RPG route, uh, looking at games like Witcher and Skyrim. But they didn't really quite get there. They had a really tedious um, leveling system and a really monotonous and boring gear system that is very like MMO-like. So they need to bring in more of the RPG aspects, and it sounds like that's what we are going to get. So the the rumors were that the next Assassin's Creed game was going to be either Feudal Japan, which has been a rumor for forever, or uh, the Vikings. And so while Ubisoft has not confirmed the project or a release date, but uh, it has leaked through, you know, Amazon and GameStop listings that Assassin's Creed Ragnarok is expected to come out this October. And it will take place, obviously, the Viking era. It's going to ship on all consoles and uh, next gen as well. And so a couple things we can expect. So if this is all, you know, correct usually they are though so we can expect the game to be take place during uh the 800 to 900 uh period which was the height of the vikings and so your character can be either male or female again you'll spend a lot of time in um denmark sweden norway but also england and uh france where the vikings did most of their raiding and you will encounter some famous historical characters, but like the previous games, it will be much more uh, loose on the historical details. It is expected to have up to four player co-op like Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, and it will have a more RPG mechanic system with a class based system and a skill tree. There'll be more weapon types. Weapons will be able to be upgraded with Viking runes, and you will get special abilities for certain types of weapons. Weapons will also have durability. Another suspected addition is a like adrenaline. So it will you can activate this, uh, and based on certain types of rune powers that you have, it gives your character like a boost. Uh, stats sailing will also come back as a focus, being you know vikings the hidden blade will be back they are going to work on improving the stealth borrowing some things from ghost recon so you'll be able to hide in the mud the snow you know crouch in bushes uh all that jazz and hide in crowds so this is sounding more so of like a cross between ghost recon and god of war with a little bit more rpg and wait, wait till you hear the rest of it. I got a little bit more to go. Uh, based on who you talk to, quests you take, and how you interact with all these people, uh, your character will have a reputation system, and you will have different reputation with different factions and different, uh, you know, characters. On top of all that, you will have the ability to uh, conquer different parts of the map. There will be conquest battles uh, because this is also a very 
uh, unstable time in history. You know, kingdoms are shifting. England is trying to unify. France is trying to unify. There is, you know, potential for warfare. So that looks like it will play in there. Uh, and some of these battles or events will occur naturally, meaning that they will just happen as you're just roaming the game world without you character prompting them or encouraging them to happen. Uh, players can, like Ghost Recon, players will be able to engage in raids on forts and cities uh, with friends or just alone. And they will also be re-overhauling the game difficulty. So rather than it just being about enemy health, uh, the difficulty will also be determined by not just enemy health, but your health, your reactions to blocking attacks and parrying, and enemy reaction times as well. So it looks like they're gonna borrow some elements from Dark Souls. They will also be overhauling leveling, uh, giving players individual skill sets and gaining experience, very similar to Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim. And like I said, the map has been leaked, so it includes pretty much all of Northern Europe, including England, France, and parts of Russia. Again, none of this information has been confirmed, but there's a lot of detail here, and it's more likely than not that they will be heading this direction. So I'm I'm on board. I don't know about you, Brenna. This sounds this sounds like it could it could have potential if it's executed properly. Well, if they do all the things that they said they're gonna do, well. They haven't said any of this. If all of those things are true and it's done, you know, it's playable, then yeah, it'll be a really cool game. Because the big issue that they had was with Breakpoint, where they promised all these things. And then they, while they delivered a playable game, it was subpar to what they promised. The experience was anyway. I mean, they do, they have done a decent job in the Assassin's Creed franchise of creating a storyline that I want to play, that I want to listen to, that I'm actually curious about. So they've done it before. If they continue with these cool, you know, mechanic ideas, actually do them and then create a back, you know, a backstory that is playable and is fun. That, that, I mean, that's it. That's over. It's done. So it'll be a good game. So it's got it. These are good ideas. I like all of them. It sounds like a fun game. Yeah. So. so that's kind of it for the big stories, uh, things you might have missed last week. Sony has announced that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC, which is Whoa. very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully this will be the first of many uh, PlayStation exclusive titles that we will see work our way down to PC, hopefully in a faster time frame. Uh, it's been two years since Horizon Zero Dawn launched on the PS4. I could potentially see, you know, them doing kind of like a one-year PlayStation exclusive and then drop on PC. You know, kind of like Death Stranding seems to be doing. That wouldn't be a bad idea. And then, I mean, I feel like PC is going to get the best of this situation because, you know, Xbox already, you know, you can get all those exclusive games with PC. Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And so now all you're missing is PlayStation exclusives. Or I, I guess a Nintendo, but I have to say it's really nice as a PC gamer 
and having been a PC gamer for almost the last 10 years, for the last 10 years, uh, it's really nice to see companies really starting to take, you know, recognize how big of a market that PC gaming is. Uh, and I think, I th I honestly think that is solely due to streaming and YouTube. I think without that really, you know, garnering a lot of attention, because if you look at the gamers on there, like over 75% of them are PC gamers playing on PC. So, you know, I think all of that has really shown people how large the PC market is and how worth it it is to send their games that way. So just don't fuck with Epic Games. Release everywhere. No fucking exclusive deals when you drop on PC. Like Detroit Become Human. Like that's... That's dumb. I would love to play that game, but not going to buy it through Epic Store. Like I have such little trust of Epic Store that I've like removed my credit card from my account. So if I lose my Epic account when it gets hacked again, I'll have lost what? One, two games? Nothing else? Be okay with me. How you doing over there, Brenna? You hanging in there? Yeah, doing fantastic. I was trying to come up with a quippy thing and then I realized it was taking too long and then I got nervous and then I was like, man, I'm going to start sweating if I don't say anything. So. And then I reined you in. Out of control. Valve. Oh yeah, I'm real losing it over here. Yeah, you are. God. With my tea. Valve has officially confirmed that Left 4 Dead 3 is not happening. Uh, people have continued to speculate, and recently the speculation increased exponentially in the last couple of months to the point where Valve finally issued a statement saying that they looked at adding a, another game to the series years ago, but scrapped that idea and there is nothing in development. So, oh, another game that was uh, digressing because I just thought of Valve. Another game that's expected to be delayed is the uh, Half-Life Alyx VR game that Valve's making. Uh, people are speculating that will be delayed just because Valve has delayed all their previous games. So, fun stuff. RuneScape is apparently still a thing and more popular than ever. I don't understand how they've been doing it for all these years. And I feel like it's such a subtle hang-on. Like, they've just been there all these years. Apparently not. That between RuneScape and old school RuneScape, they have hit a peak last year of 1.1 million subscribers. Paid subscribers. And, like since, and since the release of old school RuneScape on mobile in 2018, it has reached over uh, 8 million installs. That's... I mean, it's insane. I love RuneScape, but I don't know if I could play it again. No, no, definitely not. I, I actually, will... you know, I, I, I am a part of this statistic because I found my old laptop and RuneScape was there and I decided to pick it up again. And I couldn't even remember my login. If I could remember my old login and I could get all the stuff that I used to have, oh, that would be insane. I, I spent a lot of time in that world it was insane i had like rainbow boots and that like teal armor i, I had everything 
Those were the good days. Back oh, when it was there was the simpler days. Back when there was flash games, you had to go to like Newgrounds and uh, all those other sketchy websites to play those stick figure games and stuff. Addictinggames.com, if you oh, remember that one. Yeah. yeah, the stick figure games were so good. Those were great RPG times. Stick figure games that ran in like a web player made by JavaScript. Like, what the hell? There was some really just unbelievable games. Like, I think back and there was, there was some so that I was so tycoons. addicted to. There was like a, a god one where you like had like little people and like you would like kill them, like you'd roll buildings and stuff, or you'd imprison them, like you could be a benevolent god or a you know, like masochist. Uh it was that was fun one. There was one where you were like defending a house and like waves of stick figures would come and so you could shoot them, you could upgrade your guns, you could by stick figure soldiers to guard your house and shoot them. That was a fun one. There was like a downhill one where you were on, it's like a downhill skateboard that have like big track tires, um, which is actually a thing. It's like snowboarding, but down like huh. big mountains. And there was like a, it was like a racing game. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what that's called. I can't remember. I can't remember the name, but I know the skateboard because when you mentioned that, my mind jumped to that fucking Disney movie that they did back when we were like kids. Oh, God. And it was about the guy that was a surfer that went to doing that sport. Oh, man. It was such good trash. I think his name was Johnny Tsunami. Oh. Oh, why does that it like tingles in the back of my brain? I don't know why. <laughs> right? All right, hold on. Google. Google Johnny Tsunami. Oh, Disney Plus. It's probably on there. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a lot of good um, old shows from my childhood on there. I was right. He Johnny was Tsunami right. is a 1999 Disney Channel original movie. Uh, the oh. original was when he relocates from Hawaii to Vermont and he learns how to snowboard. I know there was a sequel. Oh yeah, there was Johnny Tsunami 2. Back on board. Here it is. That was 2007. Holy cow. That's a time difference. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they ever get funding for a second one of that? Yeah, so th this is the one where he does that kind of boarding. What is it called, though? This is a crazy tangent right now. Yeah, this is a really big tangent that we're going on. But yeah, it's definitely some nostalgia. Seriously, I can't believe that the first one came out in 1999. Holy cow. Yeah, well, we're getting older, Jamie. Can you can you not? I'm over we'll figure it. this out yeah, later. I'm over it now. Uh, where were we? <laughs> what were we, we were about? talking about RuinScape. Ooh, how do we get there? How do we yeah. get? Oh, we were talking about flash games and the yeah, okay. Uh, the classic is obviously Line Rider. That was a. Uh, I remember watching when YouTube first came out, and people would post the insane Line Rider maps set to music. Oh my goodness. Not only did I get to see cool Line Rider maps and go and play them, I also got to hear some dank music that I would download as well and listen to. 
one of the coolest ones, coolest bands I was ever introduced to from that was a kind of small European like metal band called uh, Camelot with a K. And uh, they had a song on there. It's called Morning Star. That was super good. Good times. Good times. Pinball. Do you ever play uh, pinball? I'm gonna kick your ass. We cannot tangent like this. You play pinball on the computer, right? The Space Cadet pinball. Yeah, I've played. Who hasn't played that? If you haven't had internet, you've played that. Yeah, unless you're, you know, you weren't born. Gotta realize, Brenda, a lot of our listeners are probably like 18 years old right now. No. There's people listening, Brenna, born after 2000. People listening, no. born after Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> there are people that were born in the 2000 that now have kids. That's wrong. Yeah, but it's true. I know. I don't like that. <laughs> it doesn't feel right, now does it? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So, fun stuff joe biden hates video games uh as do most politicians uh i don't know if they hate video games so much as they just like to jump on the bandwagon uh with you know all the crazy moms and the anti-vaxxers saying that video games cause mass shootings and make kids violent but they don't there's zero research to corroborate that if anything Violent video games are a outlet for people with anger issues and help make them be less angry. Obviously, unless you're playing Dark Souls, then you're fucking throwing controllers. Raging. In Everything yeah. in my body is burning. Uh, and so he called, he says game developers are not artists and calls them creeps. And they say it says they are arrogant and they make games that teach people how to kill. Because Waluigi and, you know, that, that is definitely teaching someone how to kill. You know what? Farming Simulator is teaching me how to commit mass genocide on some wheat. Like, I am the Adolf Hitler of wheat. That was a poor joke, but... <laughs> I mean, I laughed a little too much, but yeah. No, I mean, it's true. There's like... I play City Skylines quite frequently. Oh, yeah, it's really teaching me how to kill someone. I Creating infrastructure, how dare I? Yeah, you're doing some city planning. Like, that's like a major career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, don't, I just don't understand where it's, some of this is coming from. It's dumb. And it kind of goes on the bandwagon of the video last year that uh, or two years ago that Trump watched that they had in the White House and they just showed clips uh from the literally the most violent moments from games so they had uh sniper elite you know when it does the bullet slow-mo and the x-ray cam as it goes through which i have to say very cool very accurate uh if anything that educates you about anatomy and the ballistics so if you want to be csi you know it's great great game for you go solve a crime uh <laughs> Gears of War, you know, chainsawing some, you know, mutants in half. Uh, Doom, punching some demons. Uh, what else was on there? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's probably the worst offender <laughs> out of all of that. Like, here, let me just rip your spine from your body or, like, cut you in half and, like, slap half your body back and forth across the ground. Like, Yeah, it's pretty much like, let me remove your trachea, like, through your anus. 
<laughs> and it's just and then for some reason it puts you on a spike like don't know but it's okay we love it yeah so um you know most video games that are extremely violent you know barring mortal Kombat, have like some moral compass in there that is trying to push you to doing more good than evil mm. so there yeah i think that's just to make the developers satiate it's, them well it's also like i mean it's a driving story right it's something that someone can connect to it's true it's true yeah so bottom line there's a much wider world of video games and video games do not cause violence because human beings have been doing heinous things to each other uh for much longer mm -hmm. and it used to be a fucking public spectacle you know i mean used to gather yeah. in the square and let's watch the executioner pull this guy's bowels out and hang them from you know a nice rafter while he was still alive and then we'll tie him up to some horses and send the horses in four different directions oh you missed a part though you know it's more fun to throw rocks at the body oh that too well, yeah before before they you know start all this yeah let's not forget that certain countries still observe these ancient traditions like the Middle East, where, you know, if you commit certain acts, they will bury you up to your neck in the sand and everyone will just throw rocks at your head until you die. Fun stuff. But, but yeah, no, but we sports, but we sports, you better watch out for that little fucker. He's trying to kill you. You know, we sports, you know, you could make like a rock throwing game mode in that. Oh, my God. <laughs> ridiculous we're gonna get in trouble for this one are we though no <laughs> i didn't think so we don't have enough listeners for anybody I was gonna to care say, yeah we're not popular enough yet and then everyone listening's just like chuckling and they've all thought the exact same thing at some point or another because it's just it, delinquents it's absurd that's the point we're making is any any sort of connection about this is just absolutely absurd and while i wouldn't necessarily you know jump to call video game developers artists uh certain game developers do make very tasteful very artistic games there's plenty of examples of that out there uh and there's plenty of games out there that actually like look at you know society and real issues like uh, uh hellblade i think is the name of it uh really takes it's a viking game really takes a hard look at mental illness and um you know just the inner struggle of the mind you know there's kind words the whole point of kind words is literally to write letters to people and you know help help them get through whatever whatever's going on or even just you know drop a little note so there's way more to video games and all that and then if you and at the end of the day i feel like gaming is more about the community however fucking toxic certain communities are it is about community you know some of my best friends i've ever made are gamers i've gamed with some people for six plus years and then i get to meet them in person which is a you know unreal experience by the way if you've ever done that you know putting someone's a face and a body to a voice that you've only heard on the other side of your xbox or playstation or pc unreal so you know I felt I ended that on a good note right there, right? Yeah, we rounded it out really nicely. I like yeah. it. Yeah. James Bond, though, not allowed to be a woman, can be a man of color, just not a woman. 
has to be male. Yeah, so. this is an interesting thing. I mean, we both, we kind of chatted about this earlier. I think we both had decent points. Jamie, go ahead. I mean, he, well, okay, I'll say it because I'm kind of on my spiel. But, you know, he was saying, why continue James Bond as a series? Like, let's start something similar, hold, hold, but new. Hold on, hold on. You're taking my, my thought out of context. So, Fuck you, Jamie. My whole thing is James Bond is a franchise. It's a 50-year-old franchise. You know, you cannot really, you know, changing something like that will usually break a franchise. At the same time, like you said, James Bond's been around long enough. Why not move on to something new? It can be set in the 007 universe, but do something different with a different character. You know, we have so much, or even just make something brand new. You know, uh, yeah. So continue now. Sorry. It's kind of what I said, but that's fine. Uh, no. And so, yeah, kind of creating something that's similar. I, I had this funky idea of, you know, doing a woman, whatever, having it be more of like a, a 007 type human being, you know, shaved head, sort of a little bit more masculine suits and everything. Um, but kind of adding it and making it an anime, I think could translate over really, really well. And it wouldn't piss anyone off, you know, because be, while while the U.S. has gotten more progressive when it comes to LGBTQ issues, uh, it really has not gotten that way in film. You know, TV really pushes it like they push it to the point where it's like excessive. And, uh, you know, society is really starting to embrace it. But, you know, film just really seems to not want to, you know, move down that path. They're very much, you know, with their tried and true actors who are all white, you know, male or female. And, you know, I think you're right too. An anime is the perfect place because, or anything just animated because you can do so much more. You're not limited by a physical set or, you know, intense visual effects. It's all just digital. And then you can do, you know, you can do, you can address a much wider range of topics. For those of you that watch anime, you know that anime spans the whole fucking globe. You know, there's literally anime about fucking cooking. And I've seen yeah. I've yeah. seen one of those shows and it was literally the most wholesome thing I've ever watched. It was great. It was about a father and daughter who their mother passed and his or his, you know, wife passed. And so he didn't know how to cook. So he was always buying stuff and, you know, he was, you know, single dad, you know, struggling to take care of his, you know, like six year old daughter. And he was a teacher. And so he found out that one of his students uh, works at a restaurant that he stopped in one night. And so he made a deal with his student, you know, to teach him how to cook. And his and his daughter bonded over learning how to cook together. It was the most wholesome thing I'd ever seen. Um. Go ahead. But yeah, no, I mean, this sounds absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure there's moments where everyone probably almost cried. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. But I could see this type of a show. I could see it being a show, not a movie, like a short series on Netflix, maybe like a Netflix original that's an anime, you know, James Bond sort of style. And then, you know, it's been a trend lately. If something's popular on a streaming service, it usually gets a movie. 
And so, I would be I would be all for that. I would even and a say a live action movie. Yeah. I would even say, you know, make the main character pan. Make them go, you never know which way they're gonna zig or zag. You know, and then it just it keeps things interesting, keeps things fresh, you know, it's not but I, I'm wholeheartedly in on a like strong female lead. Um, but you gotta find the right person if it's like a we were talking about this too, if it was a like a you know live action you know who could pull it off like if you've seen simple favor with blake lively she obviously can kill it in a suit makes it work but she's too you know she's too feminine and then you got someone who's a more masculine actor like ruby rose in john wick but she's you know she looks like a twig yeah yeah you look like you're in a puncher and collapse a rib cage so Ironically, she actually used to be a fighter, like a TIE fighter. Yeah. Probably can't see it. No, not at all. Ooh, what about Gina Carano? She'd have to lose weight. She's too thick. Yeah, she's way too thick. Apparently she's coming back in the next season of Mandalorian, though. Are you kidding me? Everyone has been dying over her. Of course she's going to come back and be a big character. She's a badass in that show. Well, yeah, I mean, they they made stick figures. We looked this shit up last time. So, um, Daniel Craig's James Bond movie co- is supposed to come out this year, and it is the last Bond movie with him. No time to die. Uh, we got a trailer a little while back. Looks super dope. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, apparently Billie Eilish is the singer for the title song of the movie. Interesting. So Interesting take. I wonder, okay. Skyfall is still the best for me. Adele destroyed that with Skyfall. Yeah, I mean, that's such a cool epic sort of uh, way to ring in James Bond. This will be much more moody, I guess, is the word I'm probably thinking of. Yeah. Because her voice is so raspy and deep. I mean, it could be really... I see Billie Eilish doing something more like sinister and haunting, almost like like after a battlefield. Mm-hmm. But very like medieval almost. I don't know. That's what I see. Listen, you need to listen to the song I sent you earlier, by the way. That's a that's a good one. New take, different direction. But uh, we're gonna move on from that. So James Bond, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then last thing for today, there is a um, Twitch streamer who's been trending this uh, past weekend, uh, named Bad Bunny, and she is trending for all the wrong reasons. She is a chat personality, doesn't play games, doesn't do anything. She just chats with people, has a fair amount of followers and subscribers, but uh, she went on a huge rant berating her listeners and her viewers for watching, but not donating to the show or subscribing, which is, you know, way out of line. You know, you're a content creator. You got into content creation to create content. We started podcasting because we just wanted to podcast. We said, fuck it. Why not? You know, it sounds like fun. We sit here and we talk about gaming news and we say, fuck this guy. And this is dumb. And then we had, you know, a few good nights where we had some long conversations about things and realized like, might as well just record it and then throw it up on somewhere. And if it kicks off, then that's cool. Exactly. And the only reason we raise money is to make the show better. We do not come soliciting you for money. We don't advertise. You know, we're just, it's there. If you want it, 
we thank anyone who does immensely you know i mean it's insane the fact that we have any people on patreon it's still like i'm flabbergasted by it we have six people right now i don't understand how and why it's just it's blowing my mind i love that you guys love and it it this has solely all the patreon stuff that has been happening to us has given us enough to be able to get logos and to do t-shirts and to do like designs and things like that and websites yeah. so it really is you know i'm it's like helping. i'm like stoked that you know since we started the patreon like five months ago i'm stoked that we're now going to finally be able to give you guys you know what we promised you back then the rewards like we we signed up with you know this is a little bit of side note we're going to talk about this more next week in the uh uh state of the podcast but we we partnered with get Ret labs back in october to get the stuff done in january so it's been a long wait but man you know it looks good and as you've seen from some of the work in progress stuff on our discord whew. but uh i'm gonna play you guys a little uh little clipsy here of uh some little clips of what bad bunny has to uh has to say to her viewers let me make sure it's going here chat i haven't got a donation or a sub for an hour what the fuck for an hour what the fuck An hour when I fucking working for free? What the fuck? A side note about this too, when she's having this rant, there's four other people on her stream that she's chatting with that she just had to take a pause to let this loose. And uh, here is part two of said rant. Cool speech about how I need subs to get the stream going if you like the content, blah, blah, blah. How that results in zero subs. There are regulars here. Five dollars a month. How are you have hours of time to watch me and not five dollars? I don't know. What are you doing with your life where you have hours of time to watch Twitch and not five dollars to provide for the content that you're watching? There are so, look at, I have a wall of non-subs. This is fucking actually really heartbreaking because it's like people just really have no, they really don't respect me as a content creator. I, I kind of get her point. You know, if, you know, if you have a ton of people, you know, if I'm a viewer, this is just me. This is not everybody. If I'm a viewer and I'm watching a streamer, you know, and I'm watching their stream, you know, five, six hours a day, whether it's why I'm working or home or playing games, at some point, I'm going to donate or I'm going to subscribe because obviously I care a lot about them that I watch it, you know, whenever they do it, which I have done. I used to watch man vs. game all the time. After watching him for like a week, I dropped a sub. He's a good guy. Posts great content. I like watching. I'm going to, you know, so I get that. You know, I get that, you know, you know, if you're spending that much time, you know, you should give a little something back, you know, because people are, you know, they got, you know, they, they can use the money if they're spending all that time. But you know, you know. yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, she got into it to create content, not to make money. And if you got into it to make money, that's the wrong reason to get into content creation. 
So, you know, fucker. Also, if she wants more money, maybe deliver better content. More people will subscribe. I also don't understand um, just sitting there talking to people. I don't. Yeah, I don't get the, the whole just chat thing. Weird. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, don't. I mean, oh, who are you? You're sitting here on a computer begging, pretty much begging people for money just for you to sit there and say hi to them. Like, yeah. what service are you providing? Exactly. I don't know. Your internet's starting to get a little sucky. Oh, you uh, have no idea. Yeah. I know. So we're going to go ahead and we'll uh, wrap this thing up since we got through all the main stories. So upcoming game releases. This is for the rest of January. So uh, coming out, uh, well, yesterday when you hear this, but today, the 21st, we got Death Trap Dungeon, a interactive video adventure on PC. Shenmue 3 Battle Rally DLC for PC and PS4. Sims 4 Tiny Living Stuff Pack on PC. I saw this and I lost my shit. They cannot keep coming out with things that I actually want because I don't. I find myself not playing a lot of Sims, but wanting all their packs. And then I get a pack because I have to have it. And then I play it for a little while and then I don't touch it again until they get another pack. It's maddening. That's how they get you. Uh, and if you are, if you play Sims on PlayStation or Xbox, it will drop on the 4th of February. Coming out on the 23rd, Thursday, DualShock 4 back button attachment, whatever that is. They have triggers. So oh. it's secondary triggers that end up, yeah. And so it's like a, ma you know, macro well, it, key it, that you can assign. Wouldn't it be tertiary triggers? Because I already have, oh, I guess, I guess they're bumpers. Yeah, they're bumpers. They're not on the back, they're on the top, or whatever bumpers the hell they and are. Triggers. To, yeah. To me, the uh, the Xbox is much more triggers and bumpers, and the PlayStation just seems like two triggers, almost. Yeah, I, you know, Scuff Gaming, so Scuff Games, they do some controller mods and stuff like that, so they've had this uh, already. Can you fucking put your fingers away? God damn. He's over here wiggling about. Uh, but yeah, you know, Scuff Gaming and a few other companies have been doing modifications for controllers like this for a long time and have had that set of, uh, you know, more, I guess, bumpers or whatever the hell we want to say, backplate buttons. So who knows? Xbox has been doing it longer. That's one thing I got to give the Xbox credit for is they've they been don't have any backplate bumpers. They do. Xbox released the like the elite controller uh way way back like right when the xbox one first announced that had all the customization options and the back they uh, did it once a million years ago have done since well they have they've just re they've just you know updated it but it really hasn't changed too much still when it comes to controllers i feel xbox has been far more innovative than playstation but uh obviously playstation's where the games are at pc master race though and also coming out on Thursday is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered for PS4 and Switch. Coming out next week on January 28th, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire for PS4 and Xbox. It's already out on PC. And Coma 2 Vicious Sisters on PC. I kind of want to know what that is about. On the 29th, the much-awaited and uh, very hidden... Warcraft 3 
Reforged will be coming out on PC, available on the Blizzard launcher. I might get that. I love RTS games, but uh, a little wary. And lastly, on the 31st, Hero Land is coming out on PS4 and Switch, and Hockey Manager 2020 on PC. Next week, you'll get your regularly scheduled episode and the State of the Podcast episode. We will outline the upcoming plan for the show for the next six months until E3. Uh, Also go over some bonus episodes and other housekeeping admin stuff that's been going on with the show. Thank you again for all of you that do listen. We appreciate and love all of you. We have grown so much in the last six months, so let's hope we can keep that up exponentially this year. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell them to listen. And like we mentioned, those uh, those of you idiots that are dumb enough to give us money on Patreon, we thank you for your hard-earned dollars. Patches Play Games, Dr. Brand Droid, I got it right this time, Poolfire93, Miller, and Durga. You can follow us. Subscribe. Follow on your preferred podcast listening platform. Drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts. You'll get some cool stuff when we if you are that lucky number 25. You can see that artwork. It's gonna be legit. You have no idea. You're gonna be missing out. So drop a review. And follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DL Gaming News. You can follow us individually, myself, at DL underscore Jameson. And me at DL Mother Goose. And in case your internet cut out, DL underscore Mother Goose. She's going to be posting some sweet highlights from her latest PC upgrade and CES. So if you missed that, you can go back and check it out. Also, if you didn't know how ripped Brona is, you can see in said video. That is that shocked. Honestly, that made me laugh. The fact that everyone did. I mean, I'm not that big, but yeah. You're not big. You're just absolutely shredded. <laughs> now everyone's going to go over to my Instagram just to see. Exactly. We got to we see. We got to take advantage of this, Brenna. We need to get you in some skimpy outfits, doing some pictures. You'll grow like that overnight. I can't do it. I just can't. Do it for the gram. Do it for the cast. God. I, I feel my soul burning if I do that. You mess with the honk, you get the bonk. I'll wear that shirt. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for bearing with us this week. Good luck and have fun. And remember, keep the goose loose. The definition of a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. As we binged our favorite Netflix series and slayed our toughest bosses in a video game, we began to wonder about these creatures that appeared and stoked our imagination. What was the inspiration for the Demogorgon or the Dementor? Well, my name is Dave, and with my co-host Austin, we bring you the Cryptic Cast. Every other Wednesday, we will bring you some information about our favorite modern cryptid. From TV to movies to video games, we explore nerd culture through the lens of extensively suspicious knowledge in cryptozoology. Find us on your favorite podcast service under the name The Cryptid Cast. And follow us on social media at The underscore Cryptid Cast. 
Come join the growing community of Cryptomania. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? And Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.